Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Thank you, baby. Man, I miss hearing Robin sing. It's been a while because of COVID. And, and uh, when I gave her voice lessons as a little girl, I never, you know, just I thought, I'm not sure this is going to work. Maybe this is not her deal. But she's, she's doing pretty decent. But I'm a kid, pal. What a joy to be here this morning. We love you guys. And I just want to tell you up front. If you, if you come looking for a sermon this morning, and I'm going to share a really more like a devotion, you, you might be disappointed. Because this morning isn't, and I'm all about proclamation. I believe in the preaching of the word. Can I get a big yes? But with proclamation, there must and should be demonstration. In our culture, and in, in, in nowadays, it oftentimes it can be, we can maybe struggle navigating through that for whatever reason. But this morning, my, one of my main prayers is, is I, I, have to, I want to get out of the way as quick as possible. I don't want to be in the way at all, actually, but, but the idea is, is that there may be a believer in the room, and today God's saying to you, today's the day I want to baptize you with the fire of the Holy Spirit. So we have not just simply come to pay homage, and I know it's not your pastor's desire. Matter of fact, I was so refreshed. We were talking about these meetings and uh, messaging back and forth, and I, I mentioned just maybe because how often it goes these days in some places. I said, you know, would you like, you know, Friday or whatever, maybe be that focus, and then he says, no. He says, I'd like for Sunday morning to focus on the baptism of the Spirit. I found that very refreshing. Because the baptism isn't anything we should be, we're not ashamed of, or this morning we're not like, you know, we got something to talk about. This is, this is Bible this morning. So what we're dealing with, we're standing on very solid ground. But we're going to assume nothing for a moment. But we say the baptism in the Spirit. We're speaking of that moment subsequent to somebody's salvation experience. It may be a second after you come to Christ. It may be like a woman in Augusta, Georgia. I remember she was 84 years old, came up with a walker on a Monday night, and Jesus baptized her in the Holy Spirit. Well, the evidence is speaking in tongues. She'd been in a, a Pentecostal church for over 50 years. And so, but that moment following your salvation experience, uh, when Jesus now immerses you in the person of the Spirit, I probably said this in another visit. I'll share this in every church we go to, uh, that there's more than one baptism. When you accepted Jesus as Savior, that's John's baptism, the baptism of repentance. Uh, that's when uh, my friend, when the Spirit baptized you in the body of Jesus Christ. Uh, you get water baptized, and uh, you get dunked in a, a, a water baptistry or whatever, or, or out the ocean or whatever, and uh, someone immerses in the water, and you come out, and there's someone doing the baptizing, uh, there's somebody being baptized, and the element you're baptized into. At salvation, you got baptized into the body of Jesus Christ. No greater miracle than when Jesus saves a soul. Can I get a big amen? But in fact, Jesus said this. When the disciples came back, they would give a ministry report. They said, man, devils, devils rather, jumped out of people. But use your name. And Jesus says, hey, guys, rejoice not that demons are subject to my name when you use it. But rather rejoice that your names are written in the book of life. The greatest miracle of all has always been, always will be, the miracle of salvation. And so, but then some say, well, great, that's it. That's a, but there's other baptism. The baptism in the Spirit. Now roles change. Now Jesus Christ is the baptizer. And the Spirit is the element and the person which you're baptized into. And every baptism has an evidence. When I accepted Jesus in Bethany uh, 300 years ago, I, I knew the next day that I was a believer. The Spirit dwelt within me and bore witness. I could cry to Abba Father. I knew I was saved because I was there when God saved me. When I got water baptized, I knew I got wet because the water, or rather I got baptized because I was soaking wet. When Jesus baptizes you in the Spirit, there's initial physical evidence they're going to speak in another, another language. Uh, speaking in other tongues, a language, sound syllables that you've not learned. Someone says right now, okay, Greg, you're freaking me out. That doesn't sound natural. It isn't supposed to sound natural. It's supernatural. The baptism is a supernatural gift that God gives believers who ask. So somebody says, Greg, you know what? I don't want the baptism. Relax. Sit back, take a breath, put a mitt in your mouth, relax, because it only fills those who ask. 
He's not going to reach in your mouth and grab your tongue and yank it out and make you start speaking in tongues. He only fills those who ask. Every baptism has a purpose. Salvation, God, aren't you glad you're not going to hell this morning? Come on. Aren't you glad you know Jesus as Savior? Water baptism, uh, uh, like my wedding ring, uh, an outward evidence of an inward work. And uh, the spirit baptism, some may wonder, but well, why, why should I pray for the baptism and praying in tongues? If you can trust God supernaturally, the speaking language you do not know, it will give you boldness to speak in witness in a language that you do know. That's the purpose of the spirit baptism in the spirit. They give you power in the area of evangelism. And so there may be a moment in the service, it might happen in the middle, it might happen to somebody right now, that you're just so thirsty, you're beside yourself. Because thirsty people drink different than those who aren't. And when you're thirsty for God, my friend, you go after God this morning. I want to get sick off religious, sick off whatever, and say, God, give me. And, and I, some say, Greg, I've, I've been at Pentecost. I pray God gives you a fresh gusher. I pray you walk out drunk in the Holy Spirit. I pray God fills you. And that we walk out with a fresh fire of the power of Pentecost and what it means. So this morning, I double dog dare you. Say, God, I am ready and available to whatever you want to do in my life. It's going to be simple and brief. Acts 2. I'm going to read some different passages. Really a potpourri that speak of Pentecost. Acts 2, of course, verse 1 says this. Honey, am I talking too fast this morning? A little bit? I, I sense that, baby. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? Did you really show that to me this morning? My wife, you know, it's amazing. I got this this morning. Come on, I got this this morning. <laughs> I got this this morning. Okay, all righty. Okay, all right, okay. All right. We're going to give it a shot. I'm going to give my best, baby. Here we go. And some of you are thinking, Robin, keep holding up that sign the entire service. I understand that, and I respect that. I rebuke you, but I understand that. I, I don't rebuke you. I don't rebuke anything except the Yankees. But, but Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 2. Beginning at verse 1, every Yankee fan, I just lost you this morning. Acts chapter 2, verse number 1 says this. Here we go. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. It says, suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house they were sitting. Then what looked like flames of, of tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. And everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Skipping down, same chapter, verse 37. Peter's words pierced their hearts and they said to him and to the other apostles, brothers, what should we do? Peter replied, Every, each one of you should, must repent of your sins and, and turn to God and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. Then you'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise is for you, to your children, and to those far away. All who have been called by the Lord our God. Then Peter continued preaching for a long time. I love that verse. He preached for a long time, strongly urging uh, all his listeners, save yourselves from this corrupt, uh, crooked generation. And verse 41 says, those who believe of Peter said were baptized and at the church that day about 3,000 in all. How about we hop back to Joel chapter 2, verse 28. Again, familiar scriptures. That after doing all these things, I'll pour out my spirit upon all people. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. And your young men will see visions. In those days, I will pour out my spirit even on servants, men and women alike. How about Matthew 3, verse 11. It says, I baptize with water. John the Baptist speaking this, I will baptize the water of those who repent of their sins and turn to God. But someone is coming soon who is greater than I am. So much greater that I'm not even worthy to be a slave or carry his sandals. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. How about Mark chapter 1 verse 8? I baptize you with water, but he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. How about Luke 3.16? John answered their questions by saying, I baptize you with water, but someone's coming soon who's greater than I am, so much greater that I'm not even worthy to be slave or untie the straps of his sandals. He says it again, I'll baptize you with the Holy Spirit and with fire. How about Mark 16, 17? These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name, and they will speak in new languages. 
How about one more passage in Acts 1, 4 to 5? And when he was eating with them, he commanded them, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized with water, but in just a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit and with fire. I want to speak very, very briefly at what I believe are the keys to a modern-day Pentecost. Because one great man of God, Charles Crabtree, now in heaven, he said years ago, he said that the day's coming in America that we're, we're going we're gonna to become in great danger of having Pentecostal churches that do not have any Pentecostal people. I, I, I should imagine how, how odd that sounds, but we see this in the travels. And I'm not painting with a white paintbrush. And I'm not in that crowd that says the churches today, whatever, you know, nothing's happening, whatever. Listen, God is moving in the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. God's moving in Bethany as somebody of God. Somebody shout a big Amen. And so the excitement, Pastor Ken's prayer for salvation and, and, uh, and just for a summer of harvest, then God is moving by his spirit. Now, whether we're involved in that or not, that's on us. But God is building his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And so what we need is, is a present-day Pentecost. I, 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 again, I know pastor's heart this morning, and I share it as well, that this morning isn't a day just historically. Looking back, it wasn't that amazing. We say, thank God what he did in the upper room, but we say, God, do it again in Agawam on a Sunday morning in 2022. We need a present day Pentecost. Or the Spirit of God falls, and I'm not talking a, a temporary touch. I'm speaking of a sustained move of God. Something that lasts. That, I'm not just speaking about good services. I'm speaking a sustained move of God that we meet Him in the public place, and we, we walk with Him filled in the private place. But what we need is, is a modern-day Pentecost and the need is great, greater than ever, I believe, in our nation. What, what, what are the keys? And I'm going to actually fly through these. And the first one, simple. If we really want a modern-day Pentecost, uh, what, what do I mean by that? I'm talking people receive the baptism. People are getting healed on a regular basis. Signs and wonders. Devils coming out of people. I, I mean, the church, people are getting saved every single day. Uh, the Lord added to the number daily such as should be said. So we're talking about a church on the move. Now, I might as warn you up front. If you're a believer in this room and you struggle with change, Pentecost probably isn't for you. If you battle change, well, well Greg, listen, Greg, understand, whatever. If you battle change, you will struggle with the truth of true Pentecost. Because when that strong wind, a strong wind has a tendency to shift things and move things. And so there must be a sense of God I want, not status quo. I don't want to know what I've always known, just, but I want you to do what's required in these last days to reach the Pioneer Valley. What may have worked 50 years ago, it might not work now, but one thing never changes. There's still power in the message of the cross of Jesus Christ. The message doesn't change. But the first key for a mother of Pentecost, it's going to require obedience. There's no way around this. This isn't about, man, I can't wait. I want to get a chill or a thrill. I hope I feel the tingles. God is looking for obedience. He's not looking to somebody to give us a flash of power and a chill or a thrill. But Pentecost will require obedience. In Acts 1, 12 to 13, it was then the apostles returned to Jerusalem from the Mount of Olives, a distance of a half a mile. And when they arrived, they went upstairs to the room of the house. It says, while they were staying, and it lists those that were in that room. Now, that tells us that. Now, it tells us uh, that the Pentecost, that when the Spirit of God fell, that there were 120 people in that room. I, I know, Greg, I get, we're not to be, be numbers. The Bible tells us 120 were in that room. The Bible tells us about 3,000 people got saved on that, that Pentecost day. Not a bad day of evangelism. Can I get a big amen? But the Bible says this. 120 in the upper room. But 1 Corinthians 15, 6 tells us how after that, 
his resurrection, he was seen by more than 500 of his followers at one time. Most of them are still alive, though some have died. So imagine in Acts chapter 1 verse 4, uh, we read this earlier, while eating with them, he didn't, he didn't say, you know what guys, I just, I just have a suggestion, it's not like a, a biggie, he, he commanded them. It, it wasn't, you know what, I they got busy schedules, and, it, it, but if it fits, you might want, it says he commanded them. He says, do not leave Jerusalem until the Father sends you the gift he promised. As I told you before, John baptized in water, but in a few days, you'll be baptized with the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 15, Jesus sums it up when he says, if you love me, obey my commandments. When Jesus on earth, before he ascended, he told some 500 people, he's saying, in essence, don't play with this. Don't go off on your own power. Don't just go off with your own ideas. That's happening in many places in the last days that we've learned how to do church well. But what we need is a strong, powerful move of the Spirit of God. And so uh, what he says is, you know, listen, not, not a suggestion, but you, but you stay or whatever. And so he commanded them, church. Imagine about 500 people heard Jesus. Say, he said, listen, I command you, don't, don't go after, but go to Jerusalem. And wait for the gift my father has promised. He's saying, in essence, don't come out in your own charisma. Don't come out in the flesh. Don't go trusting in what your ideas are about the church ought to be. But you go to Jerusalem and you wait for the gift the father promised. It's amazing. That out of 500 people, about 25% obeyed the words of Jesus Christ. So Greg, I'm in the room this morning, and I want Pentecost. I want God to fill me. That's awesome. But let's make sure that we are obedient followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. I love Pastor Stephen talking of the, of the offering and the, what's expected. And of course, I'm in my father's house. Obedience must be the hallmark of every true child of God. That's where everybody yells amen. amen. Obedience. And Jesus said this. It says in scripture, he says, if you love me, he says, obey my commandments. He says, Bethany, if you really love me, then do what I'm asking of you. Obey me, fulfill the great commission. Love your wife, love your husband, love your children, be a giver. He gives us, be holy, be pure. And then in John 15, 21, it says this. Those who accept my commandments and obey them, they're the ones who love me. We don't prove our love for Jesus by speaking in tongues. We prove our love for Jesus by obeying what Jesus has given us in the scriptures. And so this morning isn't a message about beating anybody up, whatever. Listen, if you're living in disobedience, why don't you give the devil a fit right now and leave your chair and come kneel at this altar and repent while I finish this message. If there's secret sin, let the blood of Jesus set you free. If the disobedience in some area, I'm not just, I'm not looking, I'm begging you because modern day Pentecost is going to require obedience. He sends his fire on the sacrifices that God accepts. So he says this, if you really, really love me, he says, you accept my commandments and you obey them. He says, they are the ones who love me. And he says this, and because they love me, my Father will love them, and I will love them, and reveal myself to you. How many want God to visit you this morning? Look, how many want God to visit you? He says, you obey me? I'll come visit you. I'll reveal myself to you. I'll speak to you. I'll heal you. I'll guide you. I'll direct you. There's somebody breathing in this service today, and God's saying to you, he says, I want you to experience a present modern day Pentecost. But it must begin with a spirit that says, God, I'll do whatever you call me to do. I'll be whatever you call me to be. There's something that is so powerful about the life of a believer who simply obeys the Lord. For the 75% 
that blew off the words of Jesus. We don't have any idea. what Maybe God drew them back. I have no idea. But I know this, that God took one out of four approximately to shape the world in which we live. You and I are in a Pentecostal service because of 25% that said, we're going to obey God. I pray the Pioneer Valley will be impacted not by the 75% that, that come to church for an hour and 15, they slip in and slump down and slide out, but unchecked, unmoved, unbroken, that will never win the Pioneer Valley. But you give me one out of four that says, you know what? I'm in love with Jesus. I want to follow Christ. And I'm a high school kid. God send revival to every school in Western Massachusetts. Hey, that reminds me. That reminds me. Do you ever meet somebody? And just in an instant, you think, they're carrying something special. You ever meet somebody, and just like in a second, you walk away going, gosh, I just, I, I, I feel that way about Pastor Mason. I just sense something special that that young man is carrying. And I pray God shakes every school in Western Massachusetts. I pray revival in middle schools. I pray for revival in high, from Agawam, the, the, the Holyoke Purple Knights, the Chickadee paper, uh, uh, Pacers, and, and I could go on the, the, the East Hampton, Northampton Blue Devils. I could go down the, the West Side Terriers, even the Agawam Brownies. <laughs> I pray God sends a youth revival to Bethany like Bethany has never, ever known before. It's going to happen when somebody obeys. Greg, I want a modern-day Pentecost. It's going to require the spirit of obedience. The people that received the baptism in the upper room on Pentecost morning were people that obeyed the voice of the Lord Jesus Christ. God always has. He always will. He honors a believer who obeys the Lord no matter what the price. Somebody say amen. Second thing, I got to hurry. Not just the fact that there was obedience, but a modern-day Pentecost... It, there's nobody get around this. It's going to require openness. It, we, we've got to be open for this. Not everybody is. Uh, come on, I'm not looking to be a smart aleck, whatever, but we, we better run the block a few times, whatever, uh, traveling. And uh, there's some folks, I get this, uh, that, that say great preach, sweat, spit. I love Jesus, but I want nothing to do with the baptism. Well, that, that's on you. Because this, this isn't my teaching, it's Jesus' teaching. He's the baptizer. Uh, and this is God's idea. We're not like on thin ice thinking, oh dear God, uh, whatever. We're on solid ice. Jesus Christ himself is the baptizer. And so imagine this idea. It's going to require openness. And, and may God stir the, the kingdom, the work of the kingdom only gets accomplished by stirred spirits. Religious spirits do not advance the kingdom. Uh, just, you know, whatever. This idea of religiosity and people that, get, that are stuck in their spirit, they're not the people that advance the kingdom. But when we're open, I was so blessed because I know Pastor Peter, for so many years, he headed up the Royal Family Camp, whatever, and we happen to come every year right before that camp and where kids are touched, whatever, and, and, uh, and just the work that must go in, all the details, all the planning, they add the details in. When I saw this couple, uh, uh, that must have blessed you this morning. The vision continues. The vision goes on. Because those boys and girls need to know that there's a God that knows them. And a God, listen, Jesus doesn't love the girls in Calcutta anymore, but he loves the boys and girls in the cities of Massachusetts. He loves every single boy and girl. And that couple, I looked at that couple on the screen and I thought, thank you for Pastor Peter all those years. But thank you for raising up another couple that carries, like, the passing of the baton. How's that for a kiss? Let me try it again. I, okay, I'm going to stop right there. And you just, you just catch you, and, and you just keep on running. You just keep on running. There's so many people that will miss a modern-day Pentecost because they've lost a spirit that's open for what God has. Uh, they're hostage, they're preconceived ideas, they're held hostage by their own experiences, they're held hostage by their own prejudices, they're held hostage by their own mindset. But when we are open for the move of God's spirit, church, he can send his fire upon that sacrifice. 
Remember back in the Old Testament, I know most of you had Second Chronicles all memorized. I know that this morning. But for those that don't, it was a tough season in Second Chronicles 28, 22. It says, in his time, uh, uh, time of trouble, King Ahaz became even more unfaithful to the Lord. He offered sacrifices to the gods of Damascus and what defeated him. For he thought, hey, since these gods of the kings of Aram have helped him, them, I'll sacrifice to them so they will help me. But they were his downfall and the downfall of all Israel. So things are not going well in Israel. But then God steps in. It says in Second, uh, rather, Second Chronicles 29.1, Hezekiah was 25 years old when he became king and he reigned in Jerusalem 29 years. By the name was Abijah, daughter of Zechariah. He did what was right in his eyes of the Lord, just as his father David had done. In the, how about this? In the first month of the first year of his reign, he opened the doors of the temple of the Lord and he repaired them. If there's somebody breathing in the room this morning, and God's saying, if you let me, I'll fill you with the power of the Spirit. But he says, you must open up your spirit. You must open up your spirit and say, God, I am open for all that you want to do. Uh, what, what prayer does, the re reason the Friday night prayer meeting gathering, like that isn't just some, that, that's the, the nuts and bolts, bolts of any Pentecostal church. Are you showing me a church that does not pray, it doesn't fast. That may know some smoke, but they never know fire. But you show me a church that prays and fasts and, and seek God's face. You watch God send fire to that church. Because prayer enlarges the heart to receive all that God wants to do. The person that has no prayer life, you're probably not, you're struggling to be open right now. If you have no person walk with Jesus, uh, this might seem foreign, it might seem, but if you're walking with Jesus, a prayer will open the heart and receive what God has. Acts 1.14, they all met together and were constantly united in prayer. Along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, and the brothers of Jesus. Acts 10.44, even as Peter was saying these things, in the middle of his message. It says in Acts 10, how the Spirit fell upon all those listening to the message. So imagine, there was such an openness in Acts 10, that while Peter was preaching, the people were so open that right Smack in the middle of his message, the Spirit of God began to fall and move in that room. Oh God, bring that back again. Bring that back again. That we're so open, we're beside ourselves. We don't have, we don't have a score chart about we like this and don't like that when we come to church. But may we come with Bibles open, our hearts filled. That says, Jesus, I am open for all that you want to do. No, I, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. This offends religious people. Amen. No, I get, I get it. This just grates and, hey, Greg, you know what, okay, nostalgia, you were here, you know, you, you were here 100 years ago, whatever, and, but listen, we kind of, I'm telling you, there's no such thing. I don't care, I don't care the history of a church, I don't care how gorgeous the building is. We've been to places that have more bells and whistles you can ever imagine, but it lacks the power of the glory of Jesus Christ. For the presence of God to fill the house, there must be that sense of, dear God, we're open. Dear God, we're open. Dear God, touch us. Dear God, move in us. I'm not asking. You know, I'm 63. Are you kidding me? I even feel funny saying that. I'm 63. <laughs> when I met Pastor Mason, I, I'm thinking, I just, I walked up to him and I, I found myself like sucking in my stomach, trying to even look younger when I met him. I just walked over to him and I just said, uh, hi, I'm, you know, I just, but Robin says, Greg, you're 63, but don't worry because you're more immature than I've ever known you to ever be. <laughs> so I cling to that. I mean, I just, she's got the, she's like a, a female Bar, uh, Barnabas. I almost said Barabbas, but no, Barnabas. She's Barnabas. She's a beautiful Barnabas. Can I get a big amen? Come on. Come on, help me out. What was I talking about? I totally lost everything. I lo oh, yeah. And uh, just getting older, whatever. Just getting up there, whatever. Asking people, are you kidding me? I'm not traveling to India to just simply ask people. I'm not, I'm not going to Zimbabwe to just simply I will go to beg people, though. And I will go to plead with people. And I am pleading with people in this room this morning to say, God, in these last days, 
Strip me from everything that would hinder a move of your spirit. Strip me from every mindset, every comment. I rebuke every foul spirit of gossip in the name of Jesus. Can I just say something in risk being misunderstood as being harsh? Some just need in the name of Jesus to shut up once in a while and to speak the word. Come on, you love me still. Come on. Let's speak life. Let's speak Jesus. Let's speak the gospel. Let's speak unity. So don't let the devil get your tongue and may we say, God, strip me from anything in my life that would close up my spirit. And may we tell the devil, we silence you. You're not going to, no more of your lies. No more of your deception. But now, no more longer you. I listen to God's voice. I'm open to whatever Jesus wants to do in my life. Number three, and I'm done. Greg, we want, and brother, sister Keys can come and play. Sister Keys can come and play. Thank you, sister Keys. Thank you, sister Keys. Thank you, sister Keys. Thank you, sister Keys. Can I just say one thing? I like Pastor Camelia Grayson. You can just relax just for a second. I like that you're actually sitting in the service today. You didn't, I'm not, not, this, honey, honey, come on, you know. Where is everybody? Where is everybody? Where is everybody? I just said, the key, and you're already at the keys. I'm really embarrassing her, and I know I'm trying very hard to embarrass her, but I'm like, you, but that you're in the flow of the service, that you have a sense of what God's doing, and, and uh, that's all a part of this. I'll take the altar, and I'm not saying green rubies are bad. Don't take it to the, you know, thank God for a bathroom, and I appreciate the change and all those things, but, but may, may we be people who are, are in the house, present and open and responsive and ready for God to move in our lives. So God, we need Pentecost, Lord. The power of the Spirit to fall upon our lives. Help us to obey you again. Help us to obey you again, God. Yeah, I know we measure a Pentecost Sunday by maybe what we hear or see, but, but you know, we also measure it by how many may walk out and go, you know what? Someone says to his wife or husband, let's start selling out to Christ. Let's obey the Lord. Let's start doing what God says. Some watching online, don't get mad at me. Some need to be at home because of sickness. So we pray God's touching your body and healing. And we pray that God is shut in. So my gosh, what a gift. And that you'll know you're blessed and that we love you and Bethany values you. But there's some others watching in your jammies and tea right now. And you belong back in the house of God. You belong back in the house of God. You've got to get your kids back in the church. You've got to get your family back in the house. And listen, we're living in an hour. We, we can't shut down our spirit. I've got friends that would be in church every Sunday, would never miss, but now they post their Sunday morning tea times. What's happened to us? The world's trying to tell us what's essential and what's not. I'll tell you, the church of Jesus is essential in these last days. The pint, yes, I pray, touch our government. Let the, let, let the gas prices come down in Jesus' name. The stuff that help our government, whatever. But God, fill every church in America with your power and with your glory. Open, 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 open. God, open my heart. Open my heart. Open my heart. Open my spirit. I know people open the Ouija boards. I know believers, as I'm sure one pastor said, he has a group of people that are going to meditations rooms. And they're, and they're, these are people who grew up in the church and they're chanting things. Are you kidding me? You open the door to the devil, he'll come in like a flood. You open the door a crack. And if you open the wrong things, you watch Satan usher in. Shut the door to evil and open your heart to God's word, God's presence, and God's word. And you watch what God does in your life and family. I got to end with this because, because a modern day Pentecost is going to require unity. No other way around it. There are sports teams, some that on paper have all the makings of a championship caliber team. But sometimes you hear there was a cancer in the locker room. There was a problem. Somebody's sowing discord. 
The Bible takes that so serious that the Bible tells us that we are actually to mark people who cause discord. We're to take notice of individuals that sow discord. It may sound spiritual. It might look spiritual. But it can be so divisive and so wicked and so demonic. But a present-day Pentecost is going to require the spirit of unity. And I believe I'm in a place today that says, God, let unity abound in this house. Somebody shout a big amen right now. If you want unity to abound in this house, Acts 1.14, they all met together. We're constantly united in prayer. Along with Mary, the mother of Jesus, several other women, their brothers, they, they met, they were, Acts 2, 1, all the believers, we've heard this here, in one place, meeting together in one place. Acts 2, 42, all the believers devoted themselves to the apostle teaching, to fellowship, sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper, and the prayer. A sense of awe came over them all. And all the believers met together in one place and shared everything that they had. They sold their property and possessions and shared the money with those in need. This is amazing. This is, this, this is Pentecost. As they worshiped together and, uh, and shared their meals with their joint generosity. All the while praising God and joining the goodwill of all the people. And each day the Lord added to their fellowship those who were being saved. Then Ephesians 4 verse 1. Therefore I prisoner for serving the Lord. I beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Always be humble and gentle. Let me backtrack a second ago. The whole thing I mentioned about the shut up thing, that was just for illustration. You you received that in love, right? That wasn't looking to be harsh, just to make a point. It says always be, even as I said that, I felt a check in my spirit. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. So will you forgive me this morning if that offended anybody? Would never want to do that. Let me give the translation. God's telling people to be quiet who are causing division. That's a little bit softer maybe. But it says always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other, make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. What a verse that is. Pentecost isn't just speaking in tongues and altar. It's making allowance that people are different than we are. And say, you know what, I love you so much. We're, we're just different. We're different. Some people talk slow. Some sweat and spit and talk way too fast. But we love everybody. Somebody yell a big amen. Help me out right now. Come on. These are simple keys. I got to stop. These are keys for a modern-day Pentecost. God, bring that spirit of unity back to every church in America. Bring it, this whole thing that happened in the last two years, it was, a yes, on many levels, but it was also a, a, a strategy of the devil to bring division within the body of Christ. Some have left over the craziest things. The devil must be chuckling in the lower regions of hell, thinking it only took that to get them to leave the church. If I told you some stuff that people overseas go through, are are you kidding me? They're looking at us going, are you serious? We were just in a room in India a week week and a half ago. It was like 110 degrees, several hundred people packed. You could barely breathe. But the dancing and the joy, I just, there, there's something about, and I'm with that type of people I believe in the room today that say, Greg, listen, Greg, I just want to, I just want to obey. I just want to obey. Where's Matthew? My friend Matthew, is he in the room? Is Matthew that young man in the room today? He's, I met him the other night from Moldova. Is he in the room right now? Matthew, maybe second service. God, give us young people like Matthew that say, God, I will obey you all the days of my life. I'm open for what you want, Lord. And teach me to walk in unity with the family of God in these last days. Those are simple, exhaustive, of course not, but some keys, I believe, to experience a modern-day Pentecost. And there's somebody breathing the room right now and God's saying to you, if you let me, if you're open, if you're thirsty, 
He says, I will fill you right now with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Jesus Christ is the baptizer. He still fills those who ask. It one key also, there should be a sense of great expectation because the book of Acts says, everyone that was in the room received the baptism in the Spirit. Every single one that was obeying, who was open in walking in unity, it said there was enough fire that came and sat on everyone's head in the room. What that means to me is there's enough fire to fill every single person that's in this house. Jesus Christ is the baptizer. He fills Assembly of God people. He fills Church of God people. He fills Baptist people. He fills Nazarene people. He fills vegetarian people. You might be a vegan or whatever. Just Listen, Jesus Christ fills every believer who simply asks. We have not, maybe because we have asked not. This might shock some people, but there's not going to be this thing now where I try to work everybody up into a big emotional frenzy, whatever, and just try to just, it's, you know, whatever. Got to get you going, get you going. No, Jesus is the baptizer. If he saves you, he knows how to fill you. You've already given God your soul. How about you just give him your speech and say, God, I release my tongue to you. I trust you with my tongue. I give you my soul. I trust you with my tongue. And as you lift your voice, Jesus is going to give you a heavenly prayer language. Sound syllables you never learn. As you would lift your voice and go, thank you, Jesus, hallelujah. Rather than that, for today, by faith in the name of Jesus. The next time you open your mouth in this service, if you want to receive the baptism, may it not be in your native language, but by faith. As you just say, Jesus, fill me. I want power to be a witness. I want you to fill me with your spirit. I receive now. Then by faith, you give a voice to the prompting he gives within you. And you trust him and you speak out not what you're comfortable with in your native language but by faith begin to speak out in faith by the spirit whatever he gives you and once you start don't stop for a while it says they spoke in tongues and they magnified God nobody knows how to magnify Jesus like the person of the Holy Spirit can somebody say amen it said they spoke in tongues and they magnified God how many want to magnify God in this house how many want to lift up how many want to have wide-eyed wonder how many want to magnify Jesus but you say wait wait I thought all of that is to be a witness it is when Jesus is magnified within us, we walk out with a vision of a great God, a strong God. We walk on not cocky. We don't walk out arrogant. We don't walk out belligerent. We walk out gentle and broken, but with a boldness to tell the world not how bad they are, not how wicked they are, but to tell the world how good Jesus is and how good God is and that Jesus can save anybody, anywhere, in any place. It's Pentecost. Let's stand all over the room, would you? You've been so kind. Come on. Let's give the Lord a big old hand clap for what he's about to do in this room right now. Let's thank him. Come on. Somebody give God a big old shout. Somebody give God a shout. We worship you right now. We worship you right now, God. Can we make it simple? First off, if you're at balcony, wherever, online, if you have never, ever received Jesus Christ as Savior, I'm begging you right where you stand. Say, Jesus, forgive me for my sins. I receive you now to become my Savior. Put your faith in the one that died upon the cross and rose up from the dead. Amen? And if you're receiving Christ for the first time today, when others are walking out, you go to the table out front. I'm sure there's like an info. Or, or find someone that brought you, myself. Find sister keyboard. Find somebody. And say, today, I came to church. For, I don't know why. But I, I, I did it. I accepted Christ as my Savior. And Jesus will save those who call upon his name in this room. Can I get a big Amen. Let's clap for those that may be praying that prayer right now. Say, Lord, forgive my sin and save my soul.
But today, a little bit different. I'm going to count to three. You know I know how to count to three. In the moment I say three, I want every man, woman, boy, and girl, balcony, main floor, wherever, in this room that says, Greg, I am a follower of Jesus Christ. He has forgiven my sin. He has saved my soul. And today, I want Jesus to baptize me in the Holy Spirit with the initial physical touch. There's so many other evidences, and the, or, but the initial physical evidence of speaking with other tongues whereby you can know that you know that you know you received the baptism in the Spirit. Don't let past experience rob you right now. Some say, Greg, I've come up for altar calls and I, I didn't receive. I'm not going to go up and get disappointed. Just give the devil a heart attack right now. Don't let the past rob you of what God might say, I'm going to do it today. Say, Greg, well, I saw somebody and I saw, I want, when he feels me, I, I want it to be exactly like, no, no, no. Let Jesus give you your own baptism. I watched some receive. We see them fill people everywhere. And some receive, they might lift up their voice with a loud voice, praying in tongues and worshiping. And, the, and I've watched some in an altar voice, just maybe above a whisper. But praying in other tongues, that's just as real as the person that looks like they put their finger in the electrical socket. Let Jesus be your baptizer. Let him do it the way he wants to do it. Be open, be obedient, and let's walk in love and say, God, today, I want, the purpose of all this is power to be a witness. I'm going to count just one because it's late. The moment I say three, I want every follower of Jesus in the room that says, Greg, this morning, I would love to receive the gift, the baptism in the Holy Spirit, if that's you moment I say three, I want you to come and just stand facing me at the altar. Don't, don't kneel if you would, but just come stand at the altar on the count of three, and then we're going to pray. One, you know who you are. You know exactly who you are. Two. Three. I want you to begin to come quickly right now. Is there anybody in this first service? Just come quickly. Say, Greg, I'm in the room. That's it. Come on up here. All the way to the front. Anyone else? That's it. Now they're, they're coming. That's it. I know. Kind of awkward. Kind of what if nobody else. And just, just come. Just stand at this altar. Uh, you, you will never be the same ever again after this morning. Just come on in. Come on. And come on over this way. Come on over together. Come on over here, guys. Come on over. Come on over here. Just side by side. Let's keep clapping while they come. They're still coming. Come on. Just come all the way in. All the way in. All, come on. Come on. There's more. There's more. Come on. The baptizer's here. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. The Lord is here. The Lord is here. The, come in, come in close. I pro, come in, I'm not going to spit until the next service. Come on in close. Come on in close. Come just one line. Just one. There's room over here. Come on, some. Let's let's shift down here. Let let's shift down here. Let let's shift down this way. Let's all move down this way. Let's make room. Come on down here. Come on. Come on. Just one line. Come on away. Come on. They're still coming from the balcony. Come on. Come on. Let's give God one more big old clap. Come on. Come on. Come on over here, guys. That's it, man. Amen. Come on over here, sweetheart. Just right over here. That's right. That's right. That's it. I always wanted to be a traffic cop. I always wanted to be a traffic cop. Come on. Love those guys. Love those guys. How many believe the baptizers in the room right now? He's here right now. If you know somebody at the altar, a family, you're a prayer member, and you want to come get behind them, just come get behind them quickly right now. Don't, don't touch them. Don't start shaking them. Don't push them. Just come get behind them if you would, whatever. If you're on the worship team, whatever, want to come join us, whatever. And uh, just just want you to come. Pastor, come here. Grace will come. And I'm not sure we even need the whole team this morning. Maybe just you and, and the keys would be good. But just come on and just get behind somebody. Get behind somebody. That's right. That's right. I've got great news. I've got great news. Nobody at this altar needs to work to receive anything. He has a gift for you. The Father. Jesus said, if you though evil know how to give good gifts to your children, 
How much more does your Father in heaven give the Spirit to those who ask? He loves to fill his children. But he'll not speak for you. He'll fill you. But it will be you lifting your voice, speaking out whatever Jesus gives you. I want to pray a prayer over you in a moment. Sister, Pastor Camilla Grace, we'll sing something, not something wordy, but something really simple. I exalt thee. It's just something real familiar, whatever. In, in, a, in a, a moment or two, we will go into worship. And others will sing in the room. We'll dismiss everybody in a second, but not you at the altar, because this is your moment to receive the baptism in the Spirit. The moment I say in amen, this isn't hocus pocus, it isn't abracadabra. But amen is we're in agreement. I'm going to pray a simple prayer. And at the conclusion of that prayer, unless you begin even now, some at the altar, I just sense God's already beginning to touch them. He's already beginning to fill people at this altar right now. He's already just touching tongues and voices and they're lifting their voice before the Lord right now. Listen, but the moment I say amen, not only those at the altar, I want every deacon, every board member, every elder, every member, every believer who filled with the Spirit, I want all of us all over this room to begin using our prayer language. The moment we pray this prayer in the name of Jesus, that's the moment to step out in faith and receive the promise of the Father. Listen, don't, don't zip your lips. Don't let laryngitis in. Don't let the cat get your tongue. But you begin now to lift your voice. He's already starting to fill you right now in the name of Jesus. Just begin to yield your tongue right now and begin to lift it for glory to God. Listen, once you start, don't stop for a while. Once you start, don't stop for a while. Uh, you're going to be a soul winner. So, Father, so, Father, right now, Father, right now, Father, right now, I pray that you loosen tongues right now. I pray you'd fill right now. I pray you baptize right now. I pray all over this altar that you'll baptize your children with the Holy Spirit and evidence of tongues. Would you raise up soul winners? Would you fill your church right now? Would you lift up both hands up high right now? In the name of Jesus, with hands lifted, receive the baptism right now. Begin to lift your voice. Begin to use your prayer language. Speak it out to God right now. Speak it out. He's filling you right now. Just speak it out. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. Come on. In the name of Jesus. Lift your voice. 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 He'll fill you now. He'll fill you now. In the name of Jesus, just begin to lift your voice, sir. He's going to use your voice. Begin to actually lift your voice out loud and let Jesus fill it. All fire right now. He's filling you right now. I know he is. That's it. Just speak it out to the Lord. It's a language you never learn. Hallelujah. Just lift it up to him now.